Good morning. Welcome. It is lovely to be together this morning. Why don't you find a seat if you're making your way in still? It's great to be together. Who's enjoying the April showers? It's just constant, isn't it? It's like stop, start, stop, stop. Well, it is lovely to be together. Welcome. If this is your first time with us as a church, we love having guests and visitors amongst us, and we hope that you feel at home with us and you quickly build friendships. And um, yeah, we just love having you amongst us. So we hope you have a great morning with us. In a moment, Christine's going to be leading us in worship. And if you've got something which you feel God is stirring you in, maybe you've just got a passage from the Bible that you just feel this is going to be really helpful for others that I just want to read, or you want to come and lead us in prayer for something, uh, or you just feel God speaking to you in a certain way that you feel is appropriate for someone or for a group of people here, come up and share it. Come and speak to myself. I'll be down here. Uh, would love to just hear what that is and give an opportunity uh, to share that this morning. A very big welcome back to Andrew and Emma, who are back from their sabbatical. We've so missed them, haven't we? We have indeed. Just a little warning, it's not, they're not actually fully back. Andrew is in the office tomorrow, so you can raise all of your complaints against me, Rob and Sean then, um, but just hold off until tomorrow. They're just here to enjoy time with the family. The screen up here isn't working still. Apologies for that. We are looking at that and trying to get that fixed. Um, but just to let you know about that. Let's stand to our feet. I'm just going to pray and then I'm going to hand over to Christine. Why don't we just where we are, just raise our hands out as a sign of saying, God, I want to receive what you have for me today. Father God, we come before you as a group of messy people. Highs and lows, ups and downs, we bring them all before you this morning and we say, God, would you meet with us where we're at? Would you come and stir our hearts that we would see you for who you are this morning? And would you have all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name? Amen. We've just come back from two weeks holiday, and when you're on holiday, you really notice the weather, don't you? We used to say it was unpredictable, but that's no longer the case. But it is very changeable, unlike God's love. God's love is always there, always the same. And we're going to sing, over the mountains and the sea, your river runs with love for me.
is going to come and lead some actions to the next couple of songs so if the children want to gather down near the front
Time for the children to leave now in case you didn't pick up that hint.
Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolation he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. our hearts cry Lord we want to know you we want to see you we want to behold you we want to know your power at work in our lives
We're going to carry on worshipping. But just what Ruth, that psalm that Ruth brought, I just feel God stirring those words. Be still and know. Be still and know that I am God. And just as we've been singing that song, I'm desperate for you. Maybe there's things that you just need to bring before God and just say, God, I, I place them at your feet. I want to be still. And know that you are God in this situation. Why don't we just do that together, where you are. Just lift those things towards God in your heart. Say, Lord, I I lay them at your feet. Whether it's finances, family. Whether it's a situation at work. Our friends, our neighbours, whatever it is. Lord, we are desperate for you. We lay these things at your feet. And we rest, Lord, that you are God. That yours is the name above all other names. That you are the king over all nations. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that God is with us. We're going to carry on singing.
Father, as we hear your word now, we ask that you will bless it to us. May we have open hearts and open ears to hear from you. Please bless Rob, Lord, as he speaks your word. Amen. Are we not on? Thank you, Christine and the band. Thank you very much for leading this worship so gracefully and thoughtfully. Just I felt it was a really super time of worship just to be able to focus back on God and just to think, reflect on his power and glory and how much he means to us. Thank you. Just want to give you a short announcement um, about next Sunday. Um, in some ways, we, we have tried to avoid saying this in front of Nathan and uh, Jules, but if there comes a point when you can't sort of not say things. And next Sunday, we are inviting, or we have invited, and you've seen it on emails from Karen, etc. everybody, everybody in the church to come to a fantastic lunch that we will have together to celebrate, I think, Nathan and Jules' time with us and to really say how much we've enjoyed them being with us and to give them a really good send-off uh, from the Lord in terms of his blessing upon them as they move into new, new adventures. Um, so please do uh, make sure that other people who aren't here today, perhaps, make sure they know uh, and haven't forgotten. And the important thing, please, is to choose something that you're going to bring to the lunch. And please, could you let Karen know by email uh, this week, as early as possible, so that she can just be part of that arrangement to make sure everything goes smoothly and uh, there's enough for everybody to eat and have fun together. So please don't forget that next week, 23rd of June. July. Did I say June? Ooh, July. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, let's just pray as we just uh, turn to God's word. Father God, we just want to bless you this morning. Thank you. Uh, we sense your presence today. We sense that you are here ministering to us as your people, and we thank you for that. We thank you that we can depend on you, rely upon you, and know your presence. And Lord, I just turn this, this to you now, Lord, to say, Lord, just help me to speak your words, Lord, not my words, but your words, so Lord, we can hear what you have to say. Let me be an instrument for you today, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, sorry, I didn't say to anybody who is new here today that I, my name is Rob, part of the leadership team at Harvest Church. And today we're going to be looking at the living word of God. We're coming on our series on Psalms, and we're turning now to Psalm 119. I do hope that you have appreciated looking into the Psalms that we've covered so far. Um, as you'll most likely be aware, most of you, this is the longest psalm in the Bible. It actually has 176 verses, and it's divided into 22 stanzas, and each of those stanzas, when it was in, written in Hebrew, starts with one of the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And the focus throughout this psalm is the word of God, sometimes referred to as the law of God, and that occurs 173 times in the psalm. So I think God's trying to say something to us there, that this is important. Right? You cannot forget it, you cannot ignore it. God wants us to be looking into this. What are we doing about his word, his law, his way of behaving, his way of living our lives with him? So please don't be worried. We're not going to read all of Psalm 119 now. Otherwise, we'd probably be 20 minutes doing that, and we wouldn't have time to speak. But we are going to be focused on the truth of God's word in this psalm, 
And I do believe it will inspire us to study the whole psalm in our own time. So please do think about responding personally to what God is saying. So let's consider the word of God. What does the writer of Psalm 119 mean by the word of God? What does it mean to us? Many people who don't know the Lord would say, well, it's no more than just printed words on a page. Yeah, they might be nice words, but that's what it is. But I think we would definitely say we know that God has been communicating with his creation since the very beginning. And God speaks to us in many different ways. And in Psalm 119, we learn many benefits of living according to his word. So I've just pulled out a few things just to get us focused straight away and just to help us dip into this. Some things that his word is important for us and how important it is to understand how his word actually, how we relate to his word and how God relates to us through his word. So firstly, his word fills us with true hope. Verse 49 says, Remember your word to your servant in which you have made me hope. His word is comforting. Verse 50 says, This is my comfort in my affliction, that your promise gives me life. His word encouraged me to praise him. Verse 62 says, At midnight I arise to praise you because of your righteous rules. His word gives me wisdom. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. Verse 100. And verse 107. His word gives me life. I'm severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. His word keeps me from sin. Depart from me, you evildoer, that I may keep the commandments of my God. That's verse 115. And just three more. His word encourages me when I am discouraged. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I hope in your words. Verse 147. His word gives me peace. Great peace have those who love your law, who love your word. Nothing can make them stumble. Verse 165. And his word leads me to Christ. Even thinking through the Psalms which were written down long before Jesus was born. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I don't forget your commandments. That's verse 176. So, the problem is that throughout history, people have tried to suppress or discard the truth of the Bible. Many refused to recognize the power of the word of God and thought they could actually get rid of the Bible altogether. The Lord knew how important his word was and is and will be and that in spite of people working against his word, his word would survive in spite of everything thrown at it. Now, during the first three centuries of the Christian era, the Roman emperors were really trying to get rid of God's word. They felt threatened. It threatened their own power, their own position. And one particular emperor in, the, in 303 AD, the emperor Diocletian, issued an edict to destroy Christians and destroy their Bibles. The persecution that followed that was absolutely brutal. Diocletian built a monument over a burned and extinguished Bible on which he wrote these, in his words, triumphant words. 
Extincta nomene Christianorum. The name Christian is extinguished. He believed he had got rid of the Bible and got rid of Christians. The followers of the Bible maybe remained quiet for a season and kept in hiding. Hiding, He thought that they were gone. And again, so elated was he at this achievement, he ordered a medal to be struck, inscribed with these words. The Christian religion is destroyed and the worship of the gods restored. <laughs> Such arrogance. He didn't understand. The word of God is so much more than just written words. God's written word survived then and survives today as strong as ever. The powerful word of God will never be destroyed because Jesus is the living word of God. So let's just consider this. Jesus is the living word of God. Jesus revealed to the world the word of God. The word of God was revealed in a person, God the Son. So we go back to John. John chapter 1, first chapter of John's Gospel. And John speaks about the word when he's referring to Jesus. Because Jesus, he knows, is the total message from God. He is everything that God wants to communicate to man by words, by actions, by miracles, through truth. And this first chapter of John gives us a glimpse of the father-son relationship long before Jesus came to earth in human form. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So John is reminding us that Jesus pre-existed with the Father as the living word of God. He was in the beginning with God, verse 2. Verse 3, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So he, John tells us, reminds us, that Jesus was involved in the creation of everything. And in verse 4, he tells us, Jesus is the light of all mankind, a light to be followed. So the living word, Jesus, is the full embodiment. He is the full embodiment of all that is God. And God the Father is spirit. He's invisible to the human eye. And maybe people found it easy to disregard the message of a God they could not see and continued in their sin and rebellion. But John takes the word of God to another level. The word is personal. The word is powerful because the word Jesus existed from the beginning. And John goes on to tell us that the word therefore became flesh, took on human form and came to dwell among us. This is the living word of God. He was always with God. Jesus, the light of the world, he is the light of the world and darkness has not and cannot overcome him. So how can we share the living word of God? How can we share Jesus? How do we encourage others to recognize the true word. Psalm 119 tells us, the word of God has the power to convict us of sin, to teach us truth 
and to lead us in righteousness. So the living word has the power to bring us back to God into a loving relationship with God. It's not about being wise or being clever or being rich or being intelligent or anything else that we might think we desire. The word of God, Jesus, has the power to bring us into God's family, to be part of God's family. Now, you probably haven't heard of this person because it's not somebody who is often talked about. William Holman Bentley. Many like him knew the truth of these words. They dedicated their lives to enabling people to discover Jesus and the wonderful salvation he brings on through his word. William Bentley was born in 1855. He traveled to the Congo as a Baptist missionary. His desire was for the local people to be able to understand the Bible. Even if they couldn't read, they could listen. It could be read to them. They had no Bible. They had no Bible translated into their language. He could read Hebrew and Greek. He learned Portuguese. As soon as he got to the Congo, he learned or began learning the language of Kikonga from the indigenous population. He not only translated the whole Bible into Kikonga, he wrote a dictionary and grammar book and even wrote a Congolese hymn book. He recognized how important it was for the local people to actually have the Bible in their own language. He knew the power of God's word and that if they heard God's word and saw God's word in their own language or had it read to them in their own language, they would all be able to know the Father, Jesus' Son, and the Holy Spirit and be able to share the word of God with those around them. Now, I don't know whether Bentley set out to use that as a plan, but that is what happened. That is what worked. He didn't just translate the Bible so they could understand more about God. He knew that this was the way to enable people to meet the living word Jesus, to have a relationship with him. He wasn't able to personally speak to thousands and thousands of people so that they would be able to come to know the living God as they received the living word of God. But as he talked from the Bible and helped people to understand in their own language, they were able to go and spread the word. but it's only because they received the living word of God. Now, we too can be a people who are devoted to sharing the gospel with those around us. It's a challenge, isn't it? We need to listen and to be obedient to act, whatever the consequences, as God teaches and shows us. We need to live in the power of his word by faith. Are we ready to respond to God as he calls us to be obedient in sharing his living word. Sometimes when you're preparing a word, something just comes to you because God is speaking to you. And something that God said to me was, do I, do we, set boundaries for God? Are there limits to what we will want to do with God or allow God to do with us? 
Or are we ready to say yes to whatever God asks of us in spite of any cost that may involve? And this is the key thing. God never asks too much of us. But are we ready? This is another missionary from the States, actually, after the Second World War, called Nate Saint. You may have read about this. You may have heard about this before. And God just reminded me of this. Nate was a, a missionary aviation fellowship pilot and a missionary. In 1948, he got married to his wife there. And then they opened up a base in Ecuador, uh, a, a place called Shalmera. And Nate was determined to be obedient to God's word and through God's power to see many people respond to the gospel because he felt they had never had that opportunity and he wanted to make that opportunity available to people who had never even known anything about God or the Bible. He had a desire, he was driven by that desire to reach the lost for Christ and even the, the orcas uh, a tribe there known for their unprovoked killing sprees had a place in his heart. And after a few successful airdrops to deliver gifts to the tribe, Nate and four others, Jim Elliott, Ed McCulley, Peter Fleming, Roger Darien, they decided to go to the area which they knew the people were living in there and attempt a face-to-face -face meeting. And they flew into the area near the Orca village, landed on a beach, and then there were some encouraging initial meetings, but then it all changed. And each one of them was killed on that beach. Now, we're not going to meet situations like that, but it's interesting that delivering the word of God to the Orcas there didn't stop because they were killed. In fact, it actually helped the people to listen more because they felt bad about what had happened. And many in the village became, uh, came to accept Christ. Funny enough, I suppose in God's power, including six who had been members of that killing party. So again, they came to know Jesus through the living word of God, brought to them by people who knew that every people group needed to hear the word of God. Because then they could respond and be saved. And much more than that, lead a life in the power of God's living word, in the power of Jesus. They knew that God's word leads and guides us. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, I seek you with all my heart, do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And again, these questions are for me as much as for everybody. Are we living lives that are too safe? Are we listening to the living word of God day by day? Are we taking it on board? Do we experience the power of God's word in our lives as rushed and as pressured as they are? Do we experience the power of God's word day by day?
And then are we ready to respond to God's voice? Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, and we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. So it is the Lord who leads us. It is the Lord who challenges us. It is the Lord who wants to empower us so that we can be faithful to his calling so that we can be faithful to sharing God's word with others and live in obedience to him and verses 9 to 11 in Psalm 119 say the word of God has the power to convict us of sin to teach us truth and to lead us in righteousness those three things are so important, aren't they? To convict us of sin, to teach us truth, to lead us in righteousness, all through God's word. So let's conclude just by looking at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. It's there up on the screen. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Friends, the word of God is not weak. It's not simply words in a book. We know that. And isn't it exciting that it isn't dead or irrelevant or without value in a modern world? A world in which many not only disregard the word of God, but as happened in Roman times, they actually speak out against God. But isn't it great that the word of God is and always has been and always will be powerful and dynamic, truthful, without fault. If we respond to his living, powerful world, God will change our thinking and our attitudes. God will strengthen us and lead us forward as we seek to please him and seek to listen to his voice. And his word will enable us to live lives which will have an eternal impact. An eternal impact on those around us and it will further God's kingdom. Amen. Let's just uh, pray together. Father God, we just bless you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the living word. We thank you for the power of your word. Lord, sometimes we don't recognize your word as what it really truly is. And we just ask for your forgiveness in that. We sometimes take your word too lightly or we may dismiss it sometimes or sometimes we just feel there's no time to listen or to speak, to listen or to read your word. We just ask your forgiveness in that, Lord, but just ask, Father, that you would put your living word at the center of our lives. The living word in terms of your words you speak, but also the living word, which is Jesus. Lord, may he be the center of our lives, and may we give him eminence. May we just give him the authority in our lives, Lord, so that we can be walking with you, serving you, and we can be close to you day by day. And, Lord, that we can also just be reaching out to others, Lord, 
as you reveal those that you would have us share with and speak to. Maybe only a little word now and again, or maybe sometimes conversations, Lord. We pray that you would guide us and you would tell us, Lord, speak to us so we can speak your words to those around us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Now, we are going to move into a time now of just sharing communion together. But as we do that, perhaps we can just bow our heads and just think about what God has been saying to us about his word. Just think in terms of what God is asking us to do in terms of his response. And as we come to, to share communion together, just think about that way in which that actually bonds us together, strengthens us as a body of Christ. But also just enable us to feel that God has accepted us, that God has taken us into his way of thinking and way of acting so that we can actually be more like Christ. Let's just bow our heads for a moment and just think on that. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. So in God's word, in uh, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Now Paul goes on just to say that we shouldn't treat this lightly. We shouldn't think of it as just ordinary bread and wine. We should discern the body of Christ and recognize Jesus in what we are doing. So we mustn't take it light. We must be listening to God, responding to God. If you don't know the Lord, then you shouldn't be taking the bread and drink until you know the Lord. So just sit quietly if you don't know the Lord, and others will come up and share the bread and the wine together. But as we share the bread and wine, you know, one of the things I love about the way that Harvest Church has always looked in terms of, of sharing communion. It isn't just about each individual just going up and eating some bread and eating some wine and sitting down. But there's time just to allow people just to perhaps pray for one another, just to move to one side once they've taken the bread and wine, just to pray for one another. If they feel God is saying to that, just to reach out to people or just to greet one another, just to show that we are one body as we eat the bread and wine together. So please do take time to do that if you feel that is what God is saying to you. It would be good just to express our oneness in the body of Christ. So I'll ask you now, there is bread and wine on 
different stations, four different stations. I did also one which is gluten-free at that. All four are gluten-free. So everything is gluten-free, so I don't need to worry about which one. Sorry? Oh, there is gluten-free on each table. Sorry, I am with you now. Okay, good, good. Is that, okay? is that clear? It's clear to me now. <laughs> okay, so do come, come forward and partake of the bread and the milk. Thank you. Father, as we just take this bread and wine together, we just ask that you would speak to us and minister to us, Lord, through this, as we do this in obedience to you, in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you have problems with moving around, getting out and coming forward, then by all means, just ask somebody to bring it for you. That's absolutely fine.
Father, we thank you for your incredible son, Jesus. We thank you that we are one body, united because of the blood poured out on the cross of Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for who you are, for your great love. Thank you that you are the living word. Thank you that we can turn to you day in, day out, knowing truth and truth that sets us free. We love you, Lord God, and we worship you. We praise you. Amen. Amen. Why don't you just take a seat for a moment? Thank you, Christine and the bands. Lydia and Joe got married last month. It is great to have you amongst us this morning. We love you guys. We're so glad you had a good day. Can we just say congratulations to them both? Rob stole my notes. Thank you very much. There we go. Just a couple of bits of news that I can't remember without my notes. Um, This evening we have encounter, but we have encounter with a difference. Oh, yes. We are going to the Batstones Farm, uh, which if you don't know, it's called Soldridge Farm. It's over in Medstead. The directions or the uh, postcode is in the update. If you didn't get the update, come and speak to myself or to Karen. Karen, give us a wave. And we will gladly tell you where it is. It starts at 6 o'clock tonight, and we're doing things a little bit differently. We just want to enjoy time together, a bit of friendship, a bit of fun, around the campfire. It's going to be dry. Don't worry. It will definitely be dry. We're going to have marshmallows. We're going to have hot chocolates. We're going to have the campfire. We're going to sing a few songs if you want to sing. But we're also just going to enjoy time together. That's at 6 o'clock until roughly 7, 7.30 Come along. Uh, If you've got a family, bring your family with you. If you've got friends, bring your friends with you. Uh, There's going to be lots of parking available in a big field. You might want to wear appropriate shoes, maybe not flip-flops or bare feet. Otherwise, you might get stuff between your toes. And uh, it's going to be lots of fun. Six o'clock tonight, Soldier's Farm. There is a local road closed, so just be careful to give it a little bit of extra time to get there. Um, But that is happening tonight. Finally, if you're a guest, hopefully you received a a welcome pack and inside there's a connect card like this. We would love to uh, get your details just to serve you well and get in touch with you and find out how we can serve you going forward. So if you've got one of these, please do fill it out. Come and give it to myself uh, or put it in our box over there on this table which says connect cards and gifts. Stick it in there. We'll get in touch with you and make sure that we look to serve you well uh, in the coming weeks and months and years, hopefully, as well. Let's finish by praying, and then we're going to have teas and coffees and refreshments. Lord, we love you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you've been doing amongst us this morning in our hearts, Lord, in big ways and small ways and ways we don't even know yet. And we say, God, in this week ahead, would you meet with us again and again? As we turn to your word, meet with us. As we spend time together, meet with us. As we spend time at work, oh God, meet with us. Lord, we need you in every area of life. We're desperate for you. We sung that earlier. We're hungry for you, God. And we say, Lord, would you fulfill us and satisfy us with yourself this week. Amen. Amen. We're going to have teas and coffees out in the reception area. Parents, please collect your children promptly. It's turning 45 past already. And uh, we'll see you next week or tonight.